The Hard Parking Podcast is sponsored to you by Talk Mobile. Talk Mobile is an innovator in retail and works with organizations like T-Mobile to operate stores throughout Arizona, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Louisiana. For more information and to jumpstart your career, please visit www.talkmobilenet.com. Again, that's www.talkmobilenet.com. Our title sponsor. Welcome back to the Hard Parking Podcast. This is your host, Jay Finning. I have no idea where Brando is. I'm getting worried. I may have to call the police and see if I can find him because I need him. I want to find him, especially because there's some important topics we need to get to. Hopefully today we will be joined by a guest for the Builder's Corner. And we will hopefully be joined by a guest for the Instagram profile highlight of the week. But first, I want to talk about the hotel that I'm staying at. So this week, I'm at a residence inn. So for those of you who don't travel a lot, which is 90% of you, residence inn belongs to that type of hotel where it's it can be an extended stay. So most of these rooms have kitchenettes. So I could cook something if I wanted to. I can use these old-ass glassware to drink from if I dare. and go grocery shopping. Who wants to do that when you have a per diem? So anyway, all these type of places, you know, so you have residence in Homewood Suites, 90%, if not 100% of these places do this thing. Usually on Monday nights, Monday through Thursday, they serve people. They also serve you breakfast. Speaking of breakfast, last week I was at the Doubletree Resort and I got a complimentary continental breakfast. And I know what continental breakfast used to be. It's like muffins and toast and oatmeal. What the fuck? But sometimes continental breakfast is... A little bit of everything, just nothing custom. So one morning I get up and I go down and I'm like, okay, well, this is included in my stay. Let me just see what you got. Nothing but muffins, waffles, nothing wrong with waffles, waffles, some runny ass oatmeal. And if I would have paid for it, it would have been $15, $15. My typical breakfast is just Starbucks. Although once upon a time, if it's accessible, I'll eat bacon and Starbucks. That's my typical breakfast. So anyway, so I'm staying at this residence inn. And, you know, they serve people breakfast. The breakfast is shit, by the way, here. I don't know if that depends on what city you're in. But every night they have kind of like a a happy hour. So they're really nice. So what they do is you come in and they serve food. You can have like house wine. Usually they have like one or two really cheap, shitty beers. This place has Shock Top. There was nothing in the tap, by the way. And then they had like Bud Light or something like that. But tonight they had hamburgers. So I, that's what I have for dinner. So I don't always go out and have really nice stuff. Sometimes I'm more than okay with sitting down eating a artificial hot dog or a lukewarm hamburger patty. So that's what I had tonight. I had a double cheeseburger, which consisted of two lukewarm hamburger patties on a very oversized sesame seed bun and a really shitty small glass of beer. But I'm looking around and I'm surrounded by all these old people. There's a bunch of whiteheads. And by whiteheads, I'm talking about old people. And by old people, I'm talking about old people with white hair. And that's what comes with this assignment in this location. There's a lot of old people in Palm Springs, especially this time of the year where you get the snowbirds. But it's incredibly weird and awkward. Granted, Applebee's is right around the corner. Like, it literally shares a lot. Can we talk about Applebee's for a second? You know, if you like Applebee's, that's fine. For me personally, I'm not into it. It's not very good food. And I don't know if I found myself being a little bougie because doing what I do, I get anywhere from 55 to $60 a day to eat. And trust me, you can go through that very easily, especially if you want to eat semi-decent. Now, if you can go to McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you can easily not spend 60 bucks, but good luck with your health. I don't count calories, but I'm conscious of them. The other night, Sunday night, I get here and I drive past this pizzeria, pizzeria and bar. So Sunday night football is going on. I see a few people in there. It's about 8.30. I decided to just keep going to my hotel, which is a mile down the road. Check into the hotel, decide that I want to go check out this pizza place because Applebee's is literally right here on the same lot. I ain't trying to fuck with Applebee's, rather not, but I wanted a bite to eat, wanted a beer, something. So I get in the car and I drive back to that pizza place, walk up to the door. The guy inside's like, we're closed, 8.55 p.m. And that's the thing. Around here, everywhere fucking closes early. It's ridiculous. Like the game had just been over. So what did I do? Put my head down, got in my car, drove back to the hotel, got out of the car, walked across the parking lot, went to Applebee's. 
That place sucks. Anyway, so tonight I'm sitting there and I'm looking around and it's like, man, you get depressed sometimes looking around. It's just me sitting at the table eating this shitty ass burger. Thank you, residents. And by the way, you don't have to provide this stuff. So sense of perspective, but you know, they have a nice little fire out there. Nothing but old people, not even playing bingo, but just talking. Went back in the room and sat here. So I mentioned I like to go to Starbucks in the morning and that's typically my coffee. Used to just get a pike. So I'd get a, a venti pike. One day I'm hanging out with a good friend of mine and his wife, who's also a good friend of mine. And we're on vacation as a group. I wasn't vacationing with them. That'd be super fucking awkward. So we're on vacation and we leave the house, leave everybody else sleeping. We decided to go to like the the corner store. This is just outside of San Diego. And my friend's wife, she's like, hey, I'm buying coffee. It's like, okay, what do you want? I go, ah, let me get a large regular coffee. And she looks at me and she shakes her head. And he looks at me and shakes his head and like, you don't want that. Like, what's wrong with that? You want a cafe Americano so much better. All right, fuck it. I don't want to disappoint my friends. I don't want to disappoint the person who's paying for my coffee. I've always felt cafe Americanos were kind of weird. It's just a espresso and a bunch of hot water. I tried it in Italy once. Wasn't a fan. So I bought it. It's a little richer, a little better. And ever since then, I've drank cafe Americanos 90% of the time when I go to Starbucks. That wasn't Starbucks, but I regress. So anyway, here's my complaint. For the longest time, I... We're just going to Starbucks because I ordered a Pike. I don't want to wait around. So I'm like, yeah, let me get a Venti Pike. They're like, okay, hold on. As soon as you pay for it, good to go. Start working out here, walking to Starbucks, standing in line for five minutes, five to 10 minutes. There's three people in line. They're just that fucking slow. I was like, you know what? Finally, I'm going to break down and download the app, which I haven't had on my phone in seven or eight years, at least, because I hate Starbucks because most places have the loyalty card. And you don't have to put money on the loyalty card. You just have to buy their shit. And then they stamp the loyalty card. And then when you have enough points, you can redeem it for free. Whatever. Starbucks makes you load the card. And then what happens is you get down to like a dollar. And let's face it, you're not getting anything at Starbucks for a dollar. And then it reloads. Smart on their part. Terrible on ours. Anyway, so I decided to download the app because I hate waiting in line. I don't have time because I'm always running late. Best thing I ever did. So now I just order my coffee, like 99% of you that go to Starbucks, because not all of you do. And by the time I walk in the door, it's ready. But here's the thing. Would it fucking kill them to turn the label towards the people that are picking up the fucking coffee? Because what I have to do is I have to reach across and I have to rotate the little cup because the label is always facing them. It's not facing me. Or like this morning, the label was so low, it was covered by the sleeve. So now I get to undress the coffee. People are looking at me wondering if I'm touching their coffee or if I'm just there to steal someone's coffee because life hack, if you want to be dirty and you don't care, and let's face it, some of you don't, you could just walk into any random Starbucks at any given time, walk up to the online orders and grab your coffee and walk out knowing that you never ordered their coffee. I've never done that, but I've thought about it because I'm twisted. Would it kill them to turn the cups toward the people? That's all I'm asking. And it's not like it happened to me once because I felt it was very petty and extremely first world problems, but happens all the time and it drives me nuts. Another life hack. If you want to have fun with your coffee and you order ahead of time, you can go into the app and change your first name to whatever you want. And that's what prints out on the cup. So some of you have seen on Instagram, what I'll do is I'll go in there and I'll change it to like Mr. Waggles. Shows up as Mr. Waggles Finning, but Mr. Waggles is what prints out. So when I go pick up my coffee, it says Mr. Waggles. Or I may use one of my friend's names. Or I may say the Oracle. Or I might say Jay Fizzle. Or I might just be Jay. So on my Instagram, I had put up a poll to see if you guys wanted me to talk about this Hyundai Santa Fe, and it came back basically two thumbs down. So I'm not going to review the Hyundai Santa Fe, but what I am going to do is complain a little bit because it's 2019, and why are companies still making... So let me back up. This car drives well, not a review on the Hyundai Santa Fe. It's got CarPlay, and it's got a transflective display which means that you can look at it with the sun like you don't have to worry about sun the sun blocking your view of your display which is a problem you find in 
like pretty much every aftermarket radio up to and including the one I have in the NSX. So it's got that technology. The car makes a lot of noise. It beeps and does all sorts of stupid shit when it thinks I'm going to run into somebody or somebody's going to run into me. Why does it have a key that flips up? You know, so we're talking like a 2002 Audi B5, uh, B6. So B6 Audi, which is 2002, 2006. And it's the same thing as the Volkswagen Passats. They have the key that's like a switchblade knife. Remember switchblade knives? I feel like that was a very much like a 1985 official stick-up weapon is you'd bust out the switchblade knife and you'd like face it toward you and you flick the button instead of facing it toward them and then flicking the button. And then if you were a real G, you'd have a butterfly knife. So you'd pull it out and you'd be doing this and you catch it like nunchucks. And it's like, they're supposed to be like really scared because you have this knife with all these holes drilled in it. Like it's a fucking erector set with a blade. Anyway, so these keys are like that. And so with this in the back of my head, all fucking week, I get in the car, get my coffee, sit there, look for the button. Get in the car to go on lunch, sit there, look for the button. Get in the car to go home, sit in there, look for the button. And every time I still have the key in my pocket, I'm just like, what the fuck, man? It's 2019. It's about to be 2020. Can we get rid of these keys that you have to actually stick in the car and turn? I know that sounds very first world, but it's bullshit. It's bullshit. So I'm not going to talk about the Hyundai Santa Fe, but I am going to bitch about that. Because every time I get a rental car and it has a key like that, I just kind of look at the person behind the counter. I don't complain because you can't complain about some shit like that to somebody at a rental place because they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Look, it has nothing to do with entitlement. It's just like, where are we with technology? Why are we still putting keys and turning them? I mean, the car is equipped with a lot of modern technological features. It's a Hyundai. And I, I swear I've been in Hyundais before that had the push button start. That should just be that that should be standard. Time for the Builder's Corner segment, sponsored by DressUpBolts.com. They have titanium bolts that not only vastly improve the look of your vehicle, but serve a purpose as well. Available to dress up the engine and the engine bay. They have kits ready to go for your specific application. Also now available in red. So if you want to find out more, visit them at DressUpBolts.com and follow them on Instagram at DressUpBolts. Again, that's DressUpBolts.com. For this Build Corner today, we are joined by Fahad, MF underscore B-A-I-G. Fahad, welcome. Thanks, Jay. Got a couple of small projects in the works in my car. It's an 03 Infiniti G35 Coupe. It's got a uh, built motor, a 6266 single turbo, Profi uh, standalone ECU. It's making about uh, just over 650 to the tire. Setup's been in the car for about 10,000 miles now. Last week, I decided to finally tear it down a bit, add a few more pieces to give the car hopefully a little bit more reliability and a little bit more uh, speed. What I really kind of focused on was to add a couple more sensors and a couple more items to my like standalone ECU package. Uh, so the first thing I did was add a uh, coolant pressure sensor. This one was largely to, to minimize like any impact any situation where I could potentially like lift the head on the car. And if that event did ever happen, I could log it with the sensor and then uh, you know implement a series of cuts to like cut the boost, cut spark, uh, activate a rev limit to really minimize like any potential damage I might have in that situation. And then the next thing, uh, to get a little bit more speed out of the car, I added a clutch pressure sensor. Um, that one, as soon as a clutch, uh, clutch is depressed, it initiates a ignition cut so I can keep the throttle pinned while I, uh, you know, changing gears and keeping the boost pressure up so the turbo doesn't have to spool up again on the next gear change. And by throttle pinned, what do you mean by throttle pinned? So basically what I'll do is I'll have the throttle all the way down to the floor. While I'm changing gears, I don't lift off the throttle, so the throttle body will never close. What? And it'll never let off uh, all the boost pressure has been building in that previous gear. So your RPM don't really drop, or they barely drop, and you just, you basically hold boost while you're shifting gears? Exactly, yeah. So I'll have the full 20 pounds of boost ready to go uh, when I nail that next gear change. And yeah, no spill up and you'll just carry that 20 pounds with you from one gear to, to the next. So you go to the drag strip sometimes, right? Like on a test and tune? Yeah, I've taken it out there. Not so much with this setup at this power level, but yeah, I'm definitely planning to take it out uh, this winter for sure. Fahad, what are you doing with that setup? Are you are you going to Mexico? A lot of late night drives, a lot of late night solo drives, you know? Got to get some shit off your mind. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So with the the pressure sensors, um, why is that important? And 
what would somebody who doesn't really know anything or if they're if they want to duplicate something that you're doing, what are some considerations they would need to make? Well, so the whole benefit of adding all these like sensors to your car, especially like if you have a standard only ECU, is you could leverage all this data that your car is getting and then put in some cuts, some safety cuts, some safety triggers to, you know, like prevent any sort of engine damage to your car. So like, let's say if you have uh, like you can add an oil pressure sensor and let's say your car, you lose oil pressure. If you didn't have something to, you know, like some sort of fail safe, you would probably just lose your whole motor at that situation at that point. So the sensor, it would, it would, it would notice the pressure and then what happens? It, it cuts boost? Yeah, so that's completely configurable on your side. But like what it would do is, yeah, like the way I have it set up, like if I have for my coolant pressure, if I have a spike in coolant pressure that's out of like the normal operating range, it'll cut boost pressure, it'll activate a low spark map for ignition timing, and then it'll enact a rev limit too. So I know something's wrong and it's basically just shutting down the car under power for me. So I don't have like any major failure that way. Is that like a proverbial limp mode in a sense where you're like, what the fuck? But then you're actually okay. You didn't destroy your shit. Yep. So I can go back, look at my log and figure out exactly what happened. So I'm not guessing like, why did my car just drop off or something? What uh, standalone ECU are you working with? I'm using a Pro EFI on my car. It's a fairly popular ECU. A lot of Supras run it. Uh, That's kind of where they built their name. Okay. And that's, uh, so it's it's, it's a universal, but with a specific wiring harness? Yep. You just get a like, it typically comes with some sort of like jumper harness where it'll kind of attach to your factory wiring harness. Pretty much every application they have some sort of solution for. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you spending this time with us. So if people want to get a hold of you, I said it at the beginning, but um, I think that we may have some follow-up for the six people who listen to this podcast may want to hit you up on Instagram and try to uh, pick your brain a little bit. How can they find you? Yeah, definitely. So my Instagram is MF underscore B-A-I-G. I've got most of my build up there. And yeah anyone's got any questions i've got some answers cool we appreciate it and uh maybe we can check back in with you on a, on a future pod i appreciate you taking the time on this week's build corner definitely thanks for having me all right talk to you later Bye. all right it's time for jay's riddle car of the week that is me i'm jay currently this segment does not have a sponsor This week, I'm driving a silver 2019 Cadillac XTS. I'm talking about this vehicle because you people on Instagram voted for it. This thing is pretty sweet. It's not the first time I've had a Cadillac XTS. So in my current job, I don't really have the option of walking through the parking lot and picking my vehicle like I usually do. Because it's a smaller airport, they usually have your name ready and you have to walk up to the counter and they pick one for you. Sometimes they do give you the option, however, to they give me a rundown of what they have available on the lot pretty much. This time I picked the Cadillac XTS. Growing up, Cadillacs were for old people. That's just what I thought, you know? And I always tell myself every time I rent one of these, man, this is a great vehicle. I'm not old enough to own it, which I guess I am. Anyway, this XTS is pretty sweet. It's pretty luxurious. It's a Cadillac, so they have a reputation to uphold. This thing has 19-inch wheels. I looked it up online, 3.6 liter, four-door. It's got the, the charge port. For your phone, which I never use, I just I'm so used to plugging my phone in and doing CarPlay because it has CarPlay. Um, the trunk is actually kind of small given the size of the vehicle. It'd be a perfect vehicle to drive across the country in. It has a little bit of speed. Edmonds gave it a 7.2 out of 10. Consumer rating perfect five stars, only three reviews. But um, I don't know if it's a vehicle I would buy. But it's super cool. It's super sharp looking. It's just not my style i'd still rather have like an audi s8 or something just because it's got a little more oomph to it and i've always wanted to be the transporter like who didn't want to be the transporter the seats are super comfortable it's got like 300 horsepower i think like 308 or something Uh, i would drive it again i would definitely rent it again if it was available so i may ask them hey uh do you have the you have the cadillac xts by any chance you know that silver one they all seem to always have silver for some weird weird reason which i never quite understood but i'd rather drive around in a silver car than in a burgundy car so you know it is what it is you know also at lunch you know a few weeks ago i rented like a camaro it was convertible i couldn't figure out how to get the fucking top down kept on bitching about crying about some shit in the trunk some some luggage thing i never really looked into it i didn't care but a lot of times at lunch i get to drive and my boss is considerably taller than me and we tried to get him in the car with a person behind and his knees were like up to his chest. And before we even left the parking lot, I was like, are you good? Are you sure you're good? He goes, yeah, I'll be fine. 
And as I started back up, he's like, nah, we can't well, we get the fuck out of here. Don't ever rent this vehicle again. So we jumped in my uh, other coworkers, Honda Civic SI, older generation, uh, manual transmission. But anyway, so so now when I rent a vehicle, I'm like, you know, give me an SUV, give me a, a, a bigger car because I don't want to get yelled at at work. But so yeah, that's it. The 2019 Cadillac XTS. This thing has 15,000 miles on it, which you've heard me cry about this before. That's a lot of miles for a rental. But in this vehicle, it doesn't matter. It's super fucking nice. It's a really nice car. If you get a chance to buy one, I'd pick one up if I were you. Again, like I said, it's not for me, but it's super cush, uh, super comfortable. And I could easily drive it across the United States like on a road trip or something. Maybe, you know, one day I'll pick one up out here in, in Palm Springs and I'll just maybe I'll just drive it to L.A. I'll drive to L.A. and back. How about that? The Instagram profile highlight of the week is sponsored by NSX Channel, your number one source of NSX content on Instagram. That's at NSX Channel. Go there to see all sorts of different builds, whether that's stock, pure OEM, or super heavily modified. That is NSX Channel. Today's Instagram profile highlight of the week is Mr. Hicks, Slow Turbo. I love his page. He's done a lot of cool shit to his car. I was super stunned to find out the badass rap that I was looking at at Import Face Off was his. So, what's going on, buddy? Yeah, how's it going, man? Good. So um, tell us about your new wrap. Last time I think I saw your car was at the toy drive last year as far as it looking different. And I think you've done like one or two things to it maybe since, but nothing like I saw it in Port Face Off. Yeah. So uh, quite a lot changed with that car over the last year and a half. Um, you could say that I get bored quite easily. So um, when you had seen the car last, it was still uh, partial matte blue. Uh, so the stock paint, uh, it's limited edition rally. Uh, they only made it for 2016, about 1200 And I had a diamond Avery white wrap partial on the rear um, for the toy drive. And then within a month of that, I changed it to a matte purple that was water reactive. So anytime you hit it with water, it became uh, extremely glossy and uh, shimmery. And then it got reborn again That's right. um, due to an accident that took place. And I was lucky enough to meet up with the amazing people at Wrap Sesh to come up with this crazy new design that I'm currently rocking right now. So let people know exactly uh, what vehicle you have. I don't think I introduced the vehicle, so I apologize. So I have a 2016 Hyundai Veloster uh, Rally Edition. It is a turbo, full bolt-ons, man-tuned, on top of, of course, suspension modification on bags, wheels. I've got, I've got a lot, a lot on there and a lot of, a lot of sponsors behind me. So I'm a big fan of that vehicle itself. Um, So I think it's really cool that you've done some things with it. So let's talk about um, your current build, because, again, when I saw it at uh, Import Faceoff, I was like, wow, this rap is really, it's really involved. It's really amazing. And God, what's this person's Instagram? So what I was doing is walking around looking for one auto cars. And then as I got close, I go, wait, slow turbo. Oh, shit. This is this car. So what prompted this? And let's you know, kind of tell people you know, what your rap is. Yeah, so uh, what prompted it was I, I had gotten into a, an accident. Um, there was some pavement work being done. Um, thought I could get out of this trench because I had no problem getting into it, and it destroyed my um, my entire radiator support. So about $6,500 in damage just to the front end of my car. I did have some remnant wrap left over that I could have just rewrapped the new front bumper with um, and went about my day. But I reached out to Wrap Session Vinyl Vixen, kind of tossed some ideas around with them and told them to take free reign with my car. So uh, we'd bounced some ideas, a couple different uh, designers, and we settled on what it is now, which is an evil Egyptian theme. So I have Anubis, which is one of the gods of the underworld on one side of my car in a golden red. And then uh, Horus, which is a god of the sky. And he is on the passenger side of my car in a blue and silver. And then they merge in the middle towards the hood with an evil pharaoh. So it was just unique, different, uh, stand out from everybody else and kind of kind of shed some light on on life. I mean, got a little bit of darkness, got a little bit of a light. Yeah, I don't think that uh, that's a wrap that you're typically going to see. It's it's something that would um, is definitely worthy of winning some awards at some of these shows. Uh, what is your goal with this vehicle? Crazy enough, this uh, this year has been probably the best year that I've had in regards to awards. Within 24 hours of getting my car, I got it on a Saturday night around 10 o'clock at night. 
uh, went to IFO and Port Faceoff that next day and won best paint slash finish over all the competition there with this new wrap design. So, oh, wow. Congratulations on that. I left just before the awards, so I missed all the announcements. And congratulations on your award as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But uh, yeah, so of course, uh, standing out in the culture, in the scene. I'm a huge supporter of what One Auto brings to to the Arizona scene um, as well as nationwide. But just helping show people that you can be different. That's one reason why I chose the Veloster over over what I've grown accustomed to. Um, I've had Hondas. I've had Acura RSX Type S's to where parts are plenty. Um, and building a Hyundai is very, very tough as there are not a lot of parts. The vendors are few and far between. They're expensive for aftermarket support. Um, and it's a lot of it's a lot of cussing, sweat and tears and pain to build one. So it's been an adventure, to say the least. So the Veloster tax is real as well, because when our first podcast, it was called the NSX tax is real. And then we kind of have that same issue. But um, with yours being a relatively newer vehicle, it's kind of surprising. But I, I get it. It's not the. It's not the BRZ or the FRS or the the cars that you know people jump to to mod immediately, which makes it kind of slower slower in the aftermarket to, for parts and things. So I think you've done a really excellent job with it. Again, we're talking to a slow turbo. That's at S L O O W underscore Turbo on Instagram. And uh, yeah, so so with it, um, just speaking on that, similar to like the BRZs and FRSs, um, when I had to get my headlights replaced this last time during the accident, they were. Uh, they were $800 a piece from OEM. And then um, stuff that normal people can get, like a, a basic intake for my car is around 300 bucks. Uh, so it's definitely pay that higher price tag when it comes to the aftermarket support for the car. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's it's unique. Yeah, you don't see very many of them modified. They definitely need to be unique to put up a, a fight against our class. Um, I mean, we're dealing with $55,000 Kia Stingers. We're dealing with uh, Genesis Coupes, which get love all day long. Uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely a fight, but it's it's fun and gets a lot of love and it's unique. And again, if you guys want to check out uh, this profile, it's S-L-O-O-W underscore Turbo. This is seriously one of the sickest raps I've probably, well, I have ever seen and I probably ever will see. Um, I, I thank you guys for uh, appreciating the build following. If anybody has any questions or wants to reach out, by all means do. All my sponsors and friends are on there as well. So if you need anything, let me know. All right. Thank you for your time. You are my Instagram profile highlight of the week. Thank you. Recently, Instagram has announced that they're going to remove likes uh, for some people in the U.S. market. And I thought I would kind of send out an APB. I kind of like send like a bat signal in the, in the air, but it's actually just my name. I'll fuck with the way I spell it. And I caught somebody. I caught a few people. One of the people I caught was Brando. That's right. It was Brando. Brando, is that really you? In, in the flesh. <laughs> Brando in the flesh. So, you know, you're... You know, we've, we've talked about a lot of cool things, but I thought I would bring in one more person, good friend of mine, Mimi Rat or Die. So people who know me and kind of follow One Auto and follow all the stuff we do on social media is very familiar with her. Mimi, what's up? Hey, thanks for having me. Hello. So yeah, Instagram is talking about removing likes. What do you guys think about that? I must be a part of the test because it's happening to me. Um you know, I run social media for a couple of uh, different businesses and, and folks, and I think it's it's something that when you're working with clients, they they watch what you're doing for them. So they're getting their money's worth, right? So they're looking at how many followers have you helped me gain in the last couple of months? How many likes am I getting per post? They watch them. Some of them watch that stuff. So um I think it's, you know, for for them, explaining to them that there's this shift in Instagram is going to be uh, an interesting conversation, but I get it. Having an 11-year-old and watching him now with his first cell phone in just a matter of a month of him having his first cell phone, how much time he spends on there. And he's not on social media yet, but I have heard him make comments that, oh, this person only has this many followers or, oh, they're only getting this many likes. And... It's funny how it's, it's even in 11, he's picked up on the fact that if you don't have a lot of likes or you don't have a lot of followers, then you must not be, you know, anybody important. And then you hear about uh, anxiety and depression and things like that being on the rise and they're blaming social media for it. And I can't remember what they call it 
dopamine being released every time you see your page getting blown up with likes. And I think it's a good test for them to run. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's it's time. Yeah. So we've talked about this sort of, I think, in the earlier podcast about social media and engagement. What do you think, Brando? Actually, I think I think it'll. I think Instagram finally has got its algorithm to where it can calculate, you know, your your view time, you know, like when it hits your screen. Um, and I don't know, getting rid of likes, maybe maybe it works because then it'll make people engage a little more, you know, like comment more or maybe send the message somewhere else, you know, like forward it to somebody for a conversation or save the content to where Maybe likes is not even calculated anymore. And I, I think it's a great experiment to see what happens with it. I was going to say, I like your perspective of saying maybe they're doing this, you know, to force kind of conversation Correct. about the content versus, you know, a lot of us just kind of scroll through and tap, 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 tap. But this way it kind of, you know, I like that idea of making it so that you have to engage and start conversation. Right. It puts it puts a lot of weight on the context within the content. You know, people talk about content is king. Yeah. But it's the context that's going to 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 create a culture, to create that engagement, to create that community. So it forces people to engage with it, commenting. And, you know, you know, when we look at our insights, we'll see uh, uh where how many people have saved this in this this post and how many people resent this post so then that's i think that that's a new way for them to calculate to see which of these content is really you know being utilized to engage with other people to talk to other people or to be talked in you know so i, I think i think the likes is going away because everybody has a bot uh, just like people, like I, I do the same thing too. Like I'll just scroll through my Instagram and just drop likes on everybody that I'm following, you know, but now it's, it's making sure that I'm not doing that. It's making sure that people are actually taking their time to read a post, maybe to watch a video for more than 10, 15 seconds, and then be able to have a context good enough that I'm going to take time away from my day and talk about it and make a comment about it because it got to me. So I think this is this is the rise of the context within the content. So a couple of things. So Instagram has had these metrics, similar metrics now for probably a, a year, at least a year and a half to where you can kind of go through and what they do. I think one of their first attempts at kind of getting people to spend less time on Instagram, at least, is they've been, you know, monitoring how much of your day um, and everybody has this, whether it's a personal account or a business account, you can see how much of your day by the hour each day you're spending on Instagram. And I think that they found that, I mean, while it's good information to know, it definitely has slowed me down. Uh, one of the things I think people should look for if they want to know if they've been affected, Mimi says she has. I just went through and checked all the accounts that I'm associated with. That's right. People make fun of me because I'm associated with multiple accounts. Mimi, you are too. <laughs> Brando, you are too. Yeah. But our one auto page has actually been affected by that, at least on my device. So on my device, it says like by this person and others. And on the rest of my, my profiles, it tells me how many likes that I have. You know, I've never, I have to confess, I'm not the best, and this is going to sound crazy. I'm not the best social media -er, And I mean this in the sense of <laughs> I can run somebody else's page all, and, and have fun with it and interact a lot more than I do on my own page. And I know that sounds crazy, but I do not pay attention to the likes. I do pay more attention to comments and I tend to comment back on every comment that will be made. But I've never looked at how much time I spend necessarily on social media because it wouldn't really count for me being on my social media. It would be me on some of my clients' pages or some of the pages that I help run. Um, so I, I'm interested to see if I didn't have to do all of that other stuff, how much time would I really spend on, on social media? If it's what I do, that kind of keeps me so in the loop, I guess. Well, for both of you and what you do. So, you know, Mimi as rat or die, you know, you're, you do promotions, you do events, you make stuff work for people. Um, you help them with sales and Brando with you doing media, you know, you're going to have, you know, clients that are on social media and, so it's kind of a double-edged sword here and it's and I'm really curious on how this is going to affect the business side of it because you know you guys were alluding to earlier you know 
I remember a few years ago before I got, you know, sponsored for SEMA, you know, I had befriended some of the guys at one of my major sponsors. And one of the first things he asked me at Barrett Jackson was, you know, how many followers do you have? Oh, I hate and, No offense. <laughs> yeah. And at the time, well, because they're looking at engagement, right? They're oh, looking at your audience. You know, how many people can you influence for these products? And at the time, I didn't even have 10,000 yet. And so one of the big things for people seeking sponsorships and, and seeking other things is I need more followers. I need more followers. I need more people. I need more people. Right. And then you get the people who feel like they need more followers just so they can feel like better. And there's like a really fine line between those things because yeah, I'm guilty of it myself. I can open up and compare my numbers to some of my friends, not strangers. I don't care about strangers, but just my friends. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I spent a weekend and I think I told both of you this with an Instagram engineer because oh, yeah. it was, it was at a friend's bachelor party. And so we all, you know, spent the weekend in Vegas and I just picked his brain because, you know, I'd done a lot of social experiments with specifically Instagram what if I don't use hashtags? What if I do use hashtags? What if I'm in engagement groups? What if I'm not in engagement groups? What time should I post? What time shouldn't I post? And one thing that you know he told me is the system is so complex with so many different algorithms that work off of each other. Mm-hmm. You can be the CEO of Instagram and have less than a thousand followers. It's like, it's not up to you. It's up to the system. And as soon as I started buying in and understanding that I started to care less and less and less because you know if I get 200 likes on a picture, that a friend of mine posts and he gets 6,000 likes and it's the same picture. You know, it's not personal. It's not because they like him more than they like me. It's just his account is wrapped up in all these different complex algorithms. And so but yeah. people who don't understand that or do the research is like, why am I not good enough? You know, and I oh, think it's heavy on people for sure. It absolutely does. And there's times it's like, man, for me, I'm, I'm lucky because of all the you know, kind of cool, unexpected shit that's happened with my car and my build, I can look at that and saying, you know what? I don't have to have 5,000 likes because I've got a model car, you know, or I have this major company posting me all the time, you know, and so I can understand to let go and have it not matter. But we all know people that, you know, I have a friend who would yell at his followers in a sense, like, if you're right, if I don't get a thousand likes, I'm not going to post this. Oh boy. And it was clear that he just became consumed, addicted, addicted and consumed by Instagram. That's what dopamine does. I mean, they, they compare it to like the casinos, you know, like they they actually got really tied into making sure that you stayed engaged. And that's what a lot of social media it does. It wants you to pick up your phone like it wants you to think about what am I missing? What am I missing out on? You know, like it, it reminds you if you haven't posted in a while, you know, like, you know, uh, it, it, it's crazy how, you know, kind of going back to businesses, um, a lot of times they do measure whether you're doing a good job marketing or promoting or doing product placement or content based off of the the likes or how many um, comments you get. And it's just like you, Jay, I've, I've kind of experimented as well, like trying to find out how can I help these, you know, businesses grow their following as much as possible. But I've gotten to the point where, and I've gotten the people that I work with to the point where you know, they're not looking at other accounts going, why don't we have 10,000? Why don't we have 20,000? Because they've kind of, I've gotten them to understand that people can buy followers. Right. Um, they, that That's kind of where, you know, when people say, Mimi, how do you only have like, I don't even know where I'm at. I really don't. I should probably look. On my own page, 2,976, right? So that doesn't seem like a lot in the grand scheme of things. But when I think about what I do and all the pages that I have to manage and maintain, I'm not, I'm not engaging enough on my own page. You really have to stay like uh, Brando was saying, you have to go in there and you have to like, and you have to comment and you have to do that in a way that it keeps you on your phone all day. And I can't do that if I'm getting paid to do that for other people. I got to do that on other people's pages. So I'm the same way too. My, my page isn't, isn't getting, my personal one doesn't get enough engagement from me right now because I have to create content for, for my client. Right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. They, they, for a while they're like, cause, and this is the thing with the, with the algorithms and their focus. That's one thing I learned is their focus changes as well all the time. So what was hot six months ago, isn't hot now. And what we think is, you know, not hot, maybe hot in six months. And the engagement at one point in time was the big deal. And that's why Remember, Mimi, you were talking to me about this. And that's why the, the engagement groups became such a big thing. 
I had the theory that being in an engagement group ultimately was bad for you. Eventually. Because as soon as, yeah. Yeah. As soon as I got out of the engagement groups, my count died and it's never, you know, quite, (laughs) it's never (laughs) recovered from a, from a, from a post standpoint, but you know, I do all of my engagement on my Instagram story, which my content is, couldn't be any different than my actual page post. So I keep my page post active to keep up with, you know, appearances. And there's just people who just stop by and like your picture and keep moving. You know, one of my NSX buddies who at the time had an eighth of the followers that I have would start posting pictures and he would get 10 times the likes. And I know for a fact he wasn't doing anything hokey, but, you know, the algorithms were just picking it up. And I use that data as like, it doesn't really matter. There's nothing I could do. So I might as well just stop caring about it and just post when I decide to post. So now, you know, you'll see me post either once a day or once a week, maybe twice a week on my page. But um, I think for as far as the likes at how it affects, you know, the businesses, you know, there's a paradigm shift because like we were saying earlier, they want to know how many followers you have. They want to know what your post, what your engagement numbers are. And I know of, I'm friends with some of the guys that used to run marketing for some of these really big sponsorship companies and they will do the math. Because, you know, like you were saying earlier, how you can buy followers, you can buy likes. They'll go on and they'll sniff that out. They'll do the math themselves. Oh, I do that. I do that for the sponsorship programs that I run for some of my clients where you have people who come to you and they say, you know, in, they'll come through DM and say, hi, my name is so-and-so and I have 25,000 followers and I have this. And, and it's, I look right past that number. Like when they, as soon as you start throwing out the fact that you have this many followers or this many subscribers, I'm going in and I'm doing the research and we all know how you could tell when you have purchased your followers. I think, I think you can just calculate that. How, yeah, you can, you can just have them like the way I do it. You know, I, I especially I'm utilizing a lot of local uh, influencers right now for one of my projects and I invite them to lunch and I'm like, give me your phone. Let me see. Cause yeah. then we, you can look it. at their impressions, right? Mm-hmm. You can see like, no, this is bonkers. Cause I've seen people that bonkers that, this guy that buy, <laughs> I love it. They they buy their, their likes to where you're going to like, you're going to see that they have 5,000 likes and they have 3,000 impressions. Like, or, or you check out their followers and it's a bunch of uh, like empty accounts. Have right. you ever seen those where they don't even have a picture and then that oh, person doesn't even correct. have any followers? So like I, I, I've gotten to the point where I don't care how many followers you are. I'm like, are you a good? Yeah. It's the are quality you good, of content. Exactly. What are, what's your, uh, there's so much more to it at the end of the day. And it's so funny how they will ghost. As soon as you ask them certain questions, they just, they, it's like they never even came into the DM and asked. They just disappear. And yeah, because they don't know what's going on. Or not only that, they're like, damn, I got caught out there. I got to prove myself. You can't just buy my followers anymore. So I kind of like this Instagram shift because I almost feel like it's them saying, okay, okay, we got you all addicted. Do you guys think it'll hurt Instagram ultimately if they do this? Because they're completely removed likes in other countries. And here's the big thing, though, is you can still see your likes. You can't see somebody else is what they say. So, you know, I don't know what that really means because, you know, like you said, Mimi, you, you're already seeing it and we see it on the one auto page. You, you probably have to go to insights to see it now, you know, you do, you have to take a couple extra clicks. So I, I don't think that dopamine release is happening as quickly that's as perfect. It was before. That's yeah. perfect because then yeah. you, as, as a creator, you, you can still help gauge your content by the way exactly. these likes hit, you know? And because because that's yeah. the way I see it too. If, if I know that if I am not getting my post, it doesn't get reshared or doesn't get saved. I know I'm not going to do well. Yeah, you know. So that's the way I judge my content. So seeing that, I think people look at look at a post, and if there's a bunch of people that liked it, they'll just hit the like button and just keep scrolling. Right. So that disengagement, Facebook and Instagram is going to push the whole engagement. Thing, so people bringing back conversation, you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, I've always enjoyed leaving an actual comment versus just clicking like, I mean, if you just kind of blind, I don't want to say blind, you're not really blind, but you're almost like a zombie. You're going through and just click, 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 click. But in this situation, it's, it may very well force us to, to talk a little bit more about what we're seeing visually versus just hitting the quick like button, which I think a lot of people do out of just being simply lazy or it's kind of like mindless boredom. You just sit there and tap, tap, tap. Or they want to keep up with 
the people that they follow. I know I've fallen into that, like, damn, I haven't seen this person's account in so long. You know, and I explain to people, like, if I don't see your post, it's because Instagram didn't show it to me, you know, so I would feel guilty. Or you didn't go looking. Or I didn't go looking for it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they have the best friends feature now, too. But I think that's only for Instagram stories. Or is it best friends or it's closest friends, best friends, closest friends, one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. You can create like a very specific list of closest friends, which I think is kind of unique. So if you wanted to share something specifically with them and not the whole world, I get it. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's like a pregnancy announcement or a wedding announcement. You don't How about you pick up the phone and text them or call them? So, you know, I love talking on the phone. I actually like writing like letters. I'm, I'm old soul. I like the direction that Instagram is taking. I feel like they are taking accountability for what's happening with younger generations. You know, I'm a big, big like mental health awareness person. And when they say that like the suicide rates are up from teenagers to people in their thirties and depression and anxiety, is just out the roof. We're going to have to say that. This is just one of those. Yeah. This is just one of those tools because people aren't spending as much, nearly as much time on Facebook and Twitter is a war zone. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's turning to Instagram. And I mean, there's that TikTok thing, which I haven't engaged in, but TikTok is like crack is, you know how the only way I can explain TikTok and I do have ADHD. It is literally, if you did not take your medication, it's like, go, 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 go next. It's happening like 30 seconds. That's what the commercials seem kind of. Yeah. crazy to me. So I refuse to engage because I'm convinced it's a brainwash situation. It's hard to, and you know what it is? It's because the attention span, and I noticed this too, and maybe Brando has noticed, maybe even you, Jay, if you post up, let's say on Instagram or Facebook, a quick video versus a photo, even if the video is like six seconds long, It'll get more visibility, more comments, more likes, more engagement than a photo. So if they have these kids because they can be super young on TikTok, it's not like that, you know, I don't know what the age limit is on Facebook or Instagram, um, but they're super young and they do have guidelines, but it's, it's meant to be kind of like this. We know you don't have a very long attention span. You're just a kid. So we're going to keep this like nonstop go, 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 go to keep your your brain. And they'll just sit there for hours just watching TikTok. I'm like, man. So maybe that's Instagram kind of adopt. I don't think they really adopted that formula. But um, one thing I did notice, you know, going back to videos is even, I don't know, like a couple of years ago is when you post a video, it just shows you how many views. It doesn't show you the likes. And if you want to see the likes, you have to click the views button and it actually shows you how many people liked your post. So I don't know. But regards to, you know, regarding the Instagram likes and stuff like that, I think it's a, I think it's a good step in the right direction. I'm just curious, you know, what it's really going to ultimately do to companies who use Instagram for for um for marketing and there are some paid sponsorships and partnerships on Instagram with a handful of these quote unquote influencers that actually get real engagement. So if you're Kim Kardashian and you post anything, you can post a photo of your busted pinky nail and that's <laughs> that's one point six million likes right there. Off off the off of some stupid shit, you know? Right. Right. And so, you know, um, maybe for people like that, run their own Instagram, though, like she's probably not a lot of those really the only one. A lot of those famous people do run their own Instagrams because they because they, because of the shit that's happened on Twitter, maybe not all the time, but you can kind of tell when somebody has a bot running their shit and then you can tell on how they engage with people. Yeah, I guess that's true. But not always. I always wonder, though, with these companies, you know, because their ultimate goal is to keep you coming back for more. Like they make their money off of the advertisements and the promotional side of things. So if you're not being engaged properly, then they're not going to they're not going to stay afloat. So even though I want to think, okay, maybe they really do care about what this is doing to society and our ability to socialize as human beings. But then the other side of me is what kind of trickery do we have do they have up their sleeves like where is this going so i'm interested to see what will come of this little test that they're they're doing um yeah and then that's something maybe we can revisit for a future time yeah i mean has it happened to both of your accounts as well i only saw it on the one auto page yeah see it's on my rat or die 
I haven't posted anything in like five days. I know you're 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 killing the the Instagram game. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm you're just busy. waiting. Like I'm I'm stacking content. I like, like have you ever used yeah. one of those? Either of you have you ever used one of those apps? That actually, um, you can program for like the week. I can never get it to work. Okay. I have I have a couple analytics apps that I use usually to clean up uh, content. Yeah. Um, anytime people DM me and, and anyone listening to this can uh, confirm this, I don't care if I'm following you or I'm not following you. I will respond even if you, you know, DM me with some crazy shit. I'm like, huh? I'm the same way. I, I will respond to anybody who DMs me. And as a female, let me tell you, that can get kind of scary. I can't even imagine. There some, there's some things that people will send you, you know, and I'm an adult. I will just block and delete. But then, you know, there's, I can't tell you how many times somebody, whether they're male or female, oh, I love your hair or, oh, you know, some sort of compliment. And I will always say, oh, thank you. You're so sweet. You know, and sometimes it'll turn into a conversation. You meet a complete, total stranger, and they're like, "Thank you so much for responding. You're welcome." No, I said for me, like DMs for me is more like legit information or or uh, a business collabo. You know, but because sometimes yeah. I don't reply to all my DMs because some of this thing is just straight stupid. Oh, you, you, know? you could tell, you know, so, oh, yeah. Oh, I sell so and so and such and such from the other side of the world. Right. I'm very interesting. But I'll, I'll engage in the thread, though. You know, I'll engage yeah. in the thread. So, other than that, you get some random shit and they're like, hi, how are you? And you go to their, their page and it's like zero followers following zero. I'm like, nope. Yeah. Or the one delete. It's like suddenly a chat with a bunch of girls and it's like that triple X something. I'm like, what is this? Haven't had that problem. <laughs> for real <laughs> i'll let you know when i do yeah i don't that's not on my radar um, it happens in waves if it's not happening to you then you're lucky because it's it's actually kind of uh i don't know it's, it's a nuisance because you got to go in there and delete everything and then block people i think as we're as we're running out of time here uh, one thing i want to add um as far as you know with the whole like thing and just you know people feeling like you know because there's a lot of people who depending on what goes on on their instagram they feel good about their day or bad about their day mm -hmm. so a lot of times when people say especially you know those like car versus car polls and, and those type of pages oh yeah now when people ask me to vote and i've done that you know just yeah. for fun but i say it's not about you don't get a true organic sense of what people like or they don't like all it is is a campaign and i tell everybody i said look whether you win or you lose doesn't mean shit about your build. You have an awesome build and that's all that matters. Yeah. Right. I think I think the, the, the main problem is that people are not using social media the way it was really intended of, you know, documenting your life and being able to look back at it, you know, like a uh, like a photo album. You know, they're expecting these to satisfy their need for their want for for happiness that you know that that the society accepts them. Yeah, man. You know, so I think, you know, they're not doing it to it. If, if you, if you, because when I got started with mine, I just wanted to show people my, the build. Like, this is, this is me. And later on, I want to see this. This is going to be my photo album. And that's how I started. And I felt like, you know, then I was getting like sponsorships and stuff like that. Kind of shit got to my head. And I didn't, I didn't look at social media the way, I, the way I wanted it to be in the beginning of just being able to have a place to document this odyssey that I'm in, you know, and if everybody, people want to watch it, that's great. If people want to follow, great. They want to engage even better, but I'm not like relying on that to, to feel my, my worth in society, you know? So if, if people just looked at it that way, you know, rather than I'm going to use social media because I'm going to make money on Instagram or in YouTube, then they're just going to, be disappointed the entire time they could be yeah because not everybody's like you know the three of us are all doing a bunch of different things at the same time so you know some people are just sitting there and that's all they're doing all day and i always joke about this but i remember you know first getting into instagram and you know both my kids are like why the hell does dad have so many more followers than we do you know <laughs> like once you burn through your friends nobody cares it's not that important it's not right. that nobody cares, but they don't know you. So you can't put too much stock at complete strangers on the other side of the world because, you know, we always joke. It's like, oh, you know, my wife's real quick to call me out when somebody says, oh, my God, he's so famous. He has so many followers on Instagram. She goes, no, it's not him. It's his car. And she's right I mean, <laughs> for the most part. Right. You know, so. 
I wonder often if it's like the, the mentality too is a generational thing because I don't take social media so seriously and I, I'm 40, right? Jay, you're, you're a little older than me. Brando, I don't know how old you are, but no need to talk about how old I am. I, at the end of the day, I feel like it, if you grow up in this world of technology where it's this, that's, that's how you're, you're um, introduced to a lot of things in life. Um, I often wonder if that kind of shifts your, your self-worth where everything is measured by this, the scale of likes and followers and subscribers. I mean, it's got to be why we're hearing about people struggling with this. I mean, it's, I don't struggle with it. I don't know. Are there people that are our age that are really like getting that high? You think off of the likes? Absolutely. Yeah. You think so? so let's what we'll so you know let's uh, let's take a look at this you know um, revisit it another month or so and let's see if it starts affecting all our pages and see what happens. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested. That's all the time we have for this segment. I'm going to thank Mimi Rad or Die for joining us. Hopefully, we get to hear from you again in the future. You want to tell the people how to uh, get a hold of you? Uh, so Instagram is exactly you know the way. It sounds rad or die underscore. And uh, I do respond to my DMs as long as it's appropriate. <laughs> and that's rad or die, R A D O R D I E, like ride or die, but she's rad, like she's awesome. Oh, thanks. Underscore after that, too, because there is a clothing company out there called rad or die. Uh, rad or die underscore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So original. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I like it. It works. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mimi. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Brando, <sighs> now that I got you to myself. Paul, <laughs> oh, you don't write. Disappeared. It was, it was like a ninja. So give us an update on what's going on in the background, because I think people may be afraid that you may have bailed on me, but you've had this plan all along, so you're going to be coming in and out of the podcast because you're focused on other business and other halves of this, because 2020 is going to be a big year for us. Tell us what you're up to, man. Yes, 2020 is going to be a Big year. My target is I want to go to SEMA with my Defender for 2020. So SEMA, yeah, man. Like, like you know, like I, I want to be like you, dog. I, I, I want to be like, yes, I got. Hold on, hold on, hold on. S and SEMA is for Supra. So if you're not rolling a Supra, <laughs> yeah, if you don't have a Supra or a Jeep Gladiator, a six by six. So you want to go to SEMA? Yeah, we've talked about that. So what's going on with your uh, with your garage? We haven't heard an update on your garage. Yeah, so garage, I finally got my, what's crazy is that I got my two post lift up. It's set up there and uh, I, I don't have any tools, but I got a lift. So you need tools. Yeah, I need tools. I need to organize all the parts for the Defender. I'm going to start kind of crowdsourcing uh, with my friends to to do the build out on that one. And we got some friends too, you know, that's going to be collaborating. It's going to sponsor some parts there and... Um, we're going to see if we can, um, I guess, do this content on YouTube, and and uh, we'll be doing this under the hard parking uh, network. So everybody will see the build out for the Defender, and they'll see like the work that I got going on uh, for my NSX. And we're going to be having a lot of friends that's going to be collaborating with us. They're going to be jumping in, showing in, showing us glimpse of their builds and the reasons for that type of build and uh, just stories in general. Getting ready to leave for Asia uh, in January. Be there for a few few months. Then when I come back. Are you going to be, are you, are you going to spar with Manny? Because I just saw an update on ESPN that he plans on returning to the ring in 2020. Man, I, I'm going to try to see Manny. I actually have uh, one of his golden gloves in um yeah, so I, I want to see him, man. I want to see him, but I'm not, I don't think I'm going to aspire. How'd you get that? Uh, How'd you get it? Friends of a friend of a friend of a friend. So it's hot. Is it stolen? Is it black market? No, no. It was it was given. It was given. It's, it, it was like it was for politics. Let me put it that way. I mean, it was political present. So um, just got some some awesome things going on with the, with the hard parking network. And uh, am I missing anything? <laughs> All right, Brando, I know that your time is precious. I know you got to get, get out of the studio and hurry up and get home. So um, we'll be checking in with you and then uh, maybe we can get you on and do another co-host spot or we can just check in with you periodically. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thanks for having me again, Jay. 
All right. We will talk to you later. Yes, sir. Peace out. That's all the time we have this episode. This has been the Hard Parking Podcast. I want to give thanks to Brando for coming out of the woodworks. I want to thank Mimi Rad or Die for taking the time to talk about, you know, how Instagram is changing the light game. I want to thank Chris for talking about his awesome rap on his Veloster. And I also want to thank Fahad for talking about his infinity on the on the builder's corner. Also, special thanks to all of our sponsors, Talk Mobile, the NSX channel, and dressupbolts.com. Please like, subscribe to this, give a review. The reviews mean a whole lot to the success of this podcast. I'm at NA2NSX on Instagram. Send us an email at hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to take part of the Builder's Corner, shoot us an email or find me on the gram. And let's do this thing together. Let's grow this. Shut up!